Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. We have a lot to get to tonight and some of our favorite guests. John Nichols of The Nation will be with us to talk about, well, everything. Everything. And we want to talk with you guys about everything, because it was one of those weekends. You know, people are just saying to me left and right, oh my God, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. I don't know how to feel anymore about this country. What am I rooting for? Why am I voting? Why have I been fighting so hard for these causes? I'm here to tell you the good news. You're not crazy. Everybody else is. Let's handle this together. What is it about? What is it about? It's about Bobby Crimo, who was heavily armed, murdered seven people during a 4th of July parade, injured more than 30 other people, was arrested alive, was taken into custody without incident, and he was white. It's about Jalen Walker of Akron, who was unarmed, who didn't murder anyone, who was running away from police, fleeing an alleged traffic violation, running away from police with no weapons, shot at 90 times as he fled, hit by police bullets 60 times, cuffed as he lay dying, and was black. It's about a 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio that the state said must be forced to give birth to her rapist baby at age 10. And a generation of young women realizing they have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers did and realizing what that means. It's an ongoing series of hearings proving over and over and over again there is rank corruption at the highest levels of government. We all know it. It demands criminal referrals of a former president. And we're all wondering if anyone is going to do anything about it. It's about the reality that people living in counties that voted Republican in the 2020 presidential election were far more likely to die from COVID-19 than people living in counties that voted Democrat. This is a study published last month in Health Affairs, underscoring the effects of partisan response to a pandemic, as now we're beginning to face another surge in cases. Guys, counties where 70% or more voted Republican had nearly 73 more COVID-19 deaths per 100,000 people than Democratic ones, where less than 30% voted Republican. And guys, it's one Democratic governor who, with one very specifically targeted ad, just showed his party how to frame the debate this year, showed his party how to face down the presumed 2024 GOP nominee, and may have just, in broad daylight, focus-grouped a challenge against the incumbent president next year. And guys, it's all connected. 
We polled divided Americans on July 4th to ask them if they're divided over the articles about how divided we are this July 4th. Uh, 33% of Americans strongly agree we're divided. 33% of Americans disagree we're divided, and they're willing to meet you in person and fight you about that. And 33% of us are completely indifferent, completely ignorant, and happier than the rest of us. This is where we are right now. Everyone's lost their mind over the Supreme Court. We went from the invadings to the shootings to the hearings to the rulings, and now we're back to the shootings. Don't feel awkward if you didn't know how to celebrate Fourth of July this year. But I will say, if you've never had a Fourth of July where you had problems with this country before, you could be part of the problem. Here's Joe Biden's opening remarks yesterday celebrating Independence Day, A1. My fellow Americans, today we mark the 246th anniversary or independence as a nation and recommit, recommit ourselves to the great experiment of America. And while the events of 1776 were remote in time, their meaning is real, and vivid, and continually unfolding. Now, Biden also in the speech addressed those of us who are terrified about the future of this nation. I know many Americans look around today and see a divided country Uh and are deeply worried about that fact. I understand, but I believe we're more united than we are divided. Even more, I believe it's a choice we make. And I believe it's within our power to choose unity and unity of purpose. A grocery store, a church, an elementary school, a 4th of July parade. Guys, in the last month and a half, these typical American landscapes have all become killing grounds. A grocery store, a church, an elementary school, and a 4th of July parade. Now, the gun used in the mass murder at the 4th of July parade in Illinois, which, by the way, wasn't in Chicago. A lot of the media is trying to say it's Chicago violence. It's Highland Park, guys. It's like the nicest suburb outside of Chicago. It's where Michael Jordan lived. Stop saying this is a Chicago shooting. Totally different town, different mayor. The gun was purchased legally. We know this. We know the suspected shooter planned this attack for several weeks before he climbed a fire escape ladder and fired more than 70 rounds. We know he dressed in women's clothing during the massacre to conceal himself. (laughs) The wounded in the 4th of July parade in Highland Park, ranged from 8 years old to 85, including at least 4 or 5 kids. At least 19 people were treated and discharged. Uh, One of the dead was a 76-year-old grandfather in a wheelchair named Nicholas Toledo. We also know that two parents of a toddler were murdered, and their 2-year-old survived. So Lake County Sheriff's Office said the police have been called on Robert Crimo, the suspected shooter, uh, described as a white aspiring rapper, You know, guys, if you thought it was bad to be called a white aspiring rapper before this, now your demographic just got a lot ickier. Um, In 2019, this young man threatened to kill everyone in his family with a sword. And people told the police and the police came and they confiscated 16 knives from him. Okay, that was in late 2019. Now, Illinois has a red flag law and they have universal background checks. And Highland Park itself has an assault weapons ban. And this guy was visited by the cops and they seized 16 knives. And yet, months later, he was able to pass a background check and legally purchase two rifles. 
after police came to his house for threatening to kill his family with a sword. After that, he was able to legally buy five firearms before yesterday's mass murder. Again, Highland Park has an assault weapons ban in place since 2013. The state of Illinois does not have one statewide, but it does require mandatory background checks. Illinois bars domestic abusers and stalkers from buying guns. It prohibits people from carrying guns inside schools and bars and at demonstrations. Um, Illinois' gun laws are the sixth toughest in the U.S., behind Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, Hawaii, and California, which has a 37% lower death rate from guns than the national average. Now, your average racist uh, on Twitter or, you know, listening to, oh, I don't know, maybe a, another channel here, your average racist will say, oh, we'll look at all the violence in Chicago. That's proof it doesn't work. No, that's proof that they leave Chicago and go over the border in Illinois, I mean, into Indiana, to buy all those guns. Okay? Here is Illinois Governor J.B. Prisker speaking to the anger that he and so many in Illinois felt following the shooting in which seven were killed and dozens injured during a 4th of July parade. If you're angry today, I'm here to tell you, be angry. I'm furious. I'm furious that yet more innocent lives were taken by gun violence. I'm furious that their loved ones are forever broken by what took place today. I'm furious that children and their families have been traumatized. I'm furious that this is happening in communities all across Illinois and America. I'm furious because it does not have to be this way. And yet we as a nation, well, we continue to allow this to happen. While we celebrate the 4th of July just once a year, mass shootings have become our weekly, yes, weekly American tradition. Because it's acceptable to all of us. This is where it's at right now. We're, we're watching these murders take place week after week. At the same time, we're watching these hearings where we're trying to decide if we want to do anything about the crimes that are being laid out. I mean, you know, we got a weekend off from these hearings, but let's not forget, like, they're, they're, it's scandal upon scandal. And it's all coming from Republicans. And, and the Republicans don't want to talk about it. The Republicans don't want to talk about the repeal of Roe v. Wade being massively unpopular. They want to talk about Hunter Biden, and they'll talk about inflation, and they'll talk about gas prices. And that might, just might, be enough. But here's Liz Cheney yesterday on ABC explaining the choice between upsetting the norms and preserving democracy and how it's no choice at all. Are you worried about what that means for the country to be to see a former president prosecuted, a former president who is a likely candidate who may in fact be running for president against Biden? It would be Biden's Justice Department that would be prosecuting. I have greater concern about what it would mean um, if people weren't held accountable for what's happened here. I, I think it's a much graver constitutional threat if a president can engage in these kinds of activities and, um, you know, the majority of, of the president's party looks away uh, or we as a country decide, you know, we're not actually going to take our constitutional obligation seriously. I think that's a much, a much more serious threat. Now, that's, that's a person who will never demand the people behind the Iraq war be held accountable. And she's still more moral than 95 percent of her party. And by the way, 
Fulton County, Georgia investigation that Trump campaign election tampering has subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman and and because there just might be a God after all, Lindsey Graham, who's on tape calling and trying to bully them into uh, producing false electors just like Trump did. Look, it's a scary time. And right now, foster care systems, which are already underfunded and overstressed in red states, are probably going to have more kids sent their way. There's about 424,000 children in foster care on any given day. And there's so many shortages of placements, very high rates of incarceration, very high rates of homelessness. And now, now we're about to make that problem worse. And children will end up in foster care because parents can't afford to keep them or won't be able to care for them. So if you spent the 4th of July wondering what there is to celebrate in this country and and, and wondering if it's even appropriate to celebrate in this country, I understand. So I have a question. Is this what we should be looking for? Gavin Newsom is someone who I've known for a while. We worked together um, at uh, Al Gore's current channel, and uh, I had nothing but good experiences with him personally. Uh, he did something this week that I've never seen a Democrat do. Did you happen to see his ad? The governor of California released a new campaign ad only to air in Florida, only on the 4th of July, and only on Fox News. And I've never really that I can think of seen a Democrat do something this audacious. He is taking the fight to Ron DeSantis, who I think at this point, folks, has a much greater chance of being the Republican Party nominee for president than Donald Trump does in 2024. He is showing the Democratic Party how to push back on their messaging. In just 30 seconds, he takes all the major points and shows Democrats how to fight on them. I think he's auditioning to be the head of the Democratic Party. And I think this ad, only 30 seconds long, is Gavin Newsom focus grouping the possibility of him being the one to primary incumbent president joe biden i want to know what you think here is the 30 second ad that gavin newsom released this weekend i have never seen a democrat be on the offensive like this in my life it was directed entirely at residents of florida it's independence day so let's talk about what's going on in america Freedom, it's under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. Newsom for California governor running an ad in Florida. Holy shit. I can't believe the dick on this guy. It's crazy. We want to know what you think. We're at 866-997-GRIT. Someone I know pretty well said to me last week, there's going to be a ton of Republicans running for president and there's going to be a ton of Democrats running for president in 2024. As of now, Joe Biden still says he's planning on running for reelection. After this ad... I'm inclined to think the Democrats are starting to put themselves in position, anticipating that maybe, just maybe, this president, like LBJ before him, will decide not to run.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Our founders carried muskets, not assault weapons, and I don't think of a single one of them would have said you have a constitutional right to an assault weapon with a high capacity magazine. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome back to SiriusXM. We are dealing with a period that uh, I, I call what-the-fuck fatigue, where it's almost like our outrage circuits have been burned out. I mean, just in the last, what, four months, we have gone from the invading to the mass shootings to uh, the hearings to the rulings, and now we're back to more shootings and more hearings. It, it, it's, it's what I call a period of PTSD, pandemic, Trump, shitstorm, dystopia. That's why I'm always thrilled when we can get the great John Nichols to give us a little bit of his time. He's the national affairs correspondent for The Nation, a contributing writer for The Progressive and In These Times. Uh, He is one of the biggest brains and biggest hearts in America. His books include, uh, my God, The Fight for the Soul of the Democratic Party, The Genius of Impeachment, and Coronavirus Criminals and Pandemic Profiteers, Accountability for Those Who Caused the Crisis. His most recent, which is still all too current. Welcome back, Mr. John Nichols. It's an honor to be with you, my friend. Honor to see you. How have you been, John? How's your family doing during another COVID resurgence? Very well. Uh, you know, my daughter graduated high school. Someday that that experience you will have. And uh, amazingly enough, uh, it's all that it's built up to be. You know, it's kind of cool to watch your kid walk down the aisle and get the degree and all those all those good things. So, uh, we've had that kind of summer, and that's a very good break from, you know, every time we turn on the news, which is a bigger nightmare. You know, I mean, I, I actually think you're talking about sort of like a, a fatigue with it. Um, I do think there's a fatigue. I think there is also a phenomenon, and I am seeing it a lot, where people feel like they uh, they feel kind of re-disempowered. If you can yes. imagine it, it's sort of like it's like on a regular basis, they are told how little they can do. And 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 it, as somebody who covers this and has covered activism for a long time, I get, you know, I, I, I feel that frustration. I feel that concern. And I can just tell you, I walked up today to our state capitol in Madison, Wisconsin, and I walked into the lobby and there were young women uh, probably in their late teens, early 20s, uh, some of them with uh, very closely shaved heads and, you know, all sorts of different uh, clothing, whatever. 
and they had arrayed themselves around the pillars of the Capitol with uh, pro-choice signs. And there's a rising generation that is frustrated and overwhelmed, as some of us get, uh, has decided that they know exactly what to do, and that is to go out and protest. That's the vibe I get as well. You know, I think we have to remember that um, there are so many people now realizing, I began the show saying, young women realizing that they have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers had. And there are people who are going to take to the streets and take to the polls over this. There's probably going to be half of Americans getting half their student loan federal debt paid off uh, if Biden goes through with this this fall. I look at the revolution in organized labor in this country and the amount of Starbucks franchises where it's happening, not from politicians, but actually from American workers. And, and of course, I look to Wisconsin, which has been, for me, uh, one of the most inspiring states when it comes to protests, going back to Scott Walker trying to destroy teachers' unions. Your state, Mr. Nichols, is very pro-women's reproductive rights, aren't they? Hugely. I mean, this is the interesting thing. By the way, we're not on video for the—we're the, the we're just looking at each other because we're friends. Yes. But I'll show you the picture of the—can you see this? You probably can't. It won't show up well on your thing. But it's just I these kids, yeah. young women— arrayed just sitting all through the Capitol. There were probably 30, 40 of them today. And, um, and they, you know, they're, they're expressing a view. It's very pro-choice. It's very pro-abortion rights. And, um, and I suppose that some of them may feel a little bit radical today going out and doing that. Uh, I know I've talked to some, it's their first protest. And yet the reality is that the position they take is, pretty much exactly the position that the overwhelming majority of Wisconsinites take. Hardly radical, right? I mean, 50 No, in fact, I believe. we have polling, new me. polling, brand new, that shows that um, something like 82% of Wisconsinites favor abortion rights in some form, right? You know, they yes. may not be all the way over. Over 60% favor, you know, basically like the, the, Roe, the Roe codification theory. Right. That they're Mm -hmm. they're already there. Only something like uh, around 15 percent of Wisconsinites favor what the court has made possible, which is a full ban on abortion rights. So fortunately, John, for that very, very, very small minority, um, Wisconsin does have an 1849 law banning abortion. Right. That has never really been taken that seriously. Well, it's a law that was written when women couldn't vote and slavery was still allowed. Uh, not in Wisconsin, but but in the states we fought a civil war against. Um, and so it, it is a ridiculous law. It's an absurd law. Um, it was written uh, before modern medicine. And right. uh, and the thing about it was it 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 lingered on the books until 73. Um, and when Roe came, what Democrats when they got control of the legislature and the governorship a couple of times, they should have gotten rid of it, right? That, that's what they should have done. But you and I are old enough to remember that the Democratic Party was once divided on abortion. Yeah. That there were, there were Democrats, uh, especially from Milwaukee, who were anti-choice. And so as a result, they just kind of left it to the side. And it's a powerful lesson about the danger of, you know, kind of putting things aside and trying to avoid internal party fights, because in, in their avoidance of it, they allowed this law to continue to exist. Um, it is now, uh, it's a ghost law in some senses, it, yeah. it, 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 but it, it threatens to become real. And so here's where we're at. 
um, Planned Parenthood is no longer doing abortions in Wisconsin because they don't know if they'll be prosecuted. The attorney general of Wisconsin, Josh Call, who's fabulous on these issues, has said, I'm not going to prosecute. And he's made this really practical argument. He says, you know, we've got a lot of stuff we're dealing with. You know, there's there's a lot. I'm not going to go chasing after doctors. He's recommended that district attorneys don't do it either around the state. And in fact, you know, he's he's set a good line. But the most important thing he's done is say he's going to go into court, at least in Wisconsin, and try and try and, you know, affirm that this law does not apply. And so we have in Wisconsin an attorney general and a governor who are absolutely willing to to go to the mat on this. Tony Evers has said, the governor of Wisconsin, has said that he will pardon any doctor, any woman, any healthcare personnel, individual uh, who's convicted under the 1849 law immediately. He will move immediately to give clemency, to give pardons. And so we have at the top of our electoral process people who are, frankly, fighting the way that Joe Biden should be fighting. Right. You know, it's it's very, very aggressive and very uh, unapologetic. What it means is, in reality, that the uh, 2022 fall elections in Wisconsin for governor, attorney general and our U.S. Senate seat, uh, I would argue, will be the most dramatic trifecta of elections in the entire country that this you, we, we yeah. will have a seat that could flip the senate and make uh, on the and open up all sorts of doors one way or the other as regards choice we have a governor who more aggressively than any governor in the country has said he will protect women he will do everything he can to protect women protect doctors and we have an attorney general who's ready uh like the attorney general in michigan dana nestle uh to go to the mat on fighting these issues uh but they're all being imposed by militantly anti-choice and, frankly, anti-democracy Republicans. I agree completely. And there's a lot to unpack there, John. Um, but I would guess that by by opposing the enforcement of this 170-year-old anti-abortion law, again, from 1849, uh, which proves, by the way, that abortion was legal back then. Yeah. It had to be yeah. criminalized. OK, um, I would imagine that your your attorney general, Josh Call, is inviting a lot of lawsuits on himself. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, but but he's up for it. I, I was with him uh, uh, about a week ago uh, at, and and we were talking about it quite a bit. I, I won't say he relishes this fight that that would make it seem too glib or too casual, um, but he's ready for this fight. He knows that this is, in many senses, why he was elected. Um, and the interesting thing about Josh Call is he is the son of the greatest attorney general in Wisconsin history, a woman named Peg Lautenschlager, uh, who served back you know, in the early 2000s, an amazing uh, progressive attorney general who took on Democrats and Republicans to do the right thing for economic and social and racial justice. And, um, you know, it was always I think even Josh would say, well, I'll never be my mother. You know, I'll never I, I, I won't necessarily ever be that great. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I think I think when all is said and done, uh, Josh Call will be his mother's equal and uh, he will he will do her proud um, and uh, he will fight a fight that is is of incredible significance. I think you'll see him before the U.S. Supreme Court. I think you'll see him uh, you know, before the state Supreme Court. I think he will go into court wherever he has to 
It will put him into uh, incredibly contentious moments. Uh, there are already threats and, and all of that. Uh, and it will make his November election, uh, you know, that battle. This is a guy, by the way, who was elected by only about 22,000 vote margin. So it's not like he's got some sort of cushy, you know, political uh, easy position to fall back on. He's he's fighting for his political life. He's willing to do it on behalf of women's rights. You know, John, I don't have to tell you a lot of folks on the left are calling me and writing me complaining that the White House is sending them fundraising emails right now saying rose on the ballot this November, rose on the ballot this November. But it's true, isn't it? I mean, more than oh, any other election, yeah. Roe is now really on the bat because what I see is a lot of Republicans who don't seem to want to take victory laps over finally achieving the precious and getting Roe v. Wade overturned. They don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about inflation and gas prices and Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Uh, I, I, I don't really see the energy in Wisconsin helping anti-abortion rights incumbents this season. No, in fact, look, I, I will tell you that, you know, I, I don't always put all, a lot of stock in polls, but I do track them, you know, and I see what they say. Um, since the Dobbs ruling, since the, the anti-Roe ruling came down from the court, um, nationally, there's been a 5% movement in generic polling to the Democrats. It's been, the I mean, in a year that's miserable for the Democrats, this has been, uh, there's no question this has had a profound impact. And uh, I think in Wisconsin, even more so, uh, not as much polling to go off of. But, you know, this is the thing to understand. Wisconsin's an evenly divided state. Uh, this is a state where uh, the la- of the last six presidential elections, four were decided by under 25,000 votes. Uh, the governor's race last time was decided by under 30,000 votes. Attorney general's race decided by under 25,000 votes. This is a closely divided state. And so when you throw an issue into the mix, that, that has a dramatic impact and that might make those young women who I was talking about, you know, energized to come vote because if you get young people to vote, it has a dramatic impact politically um, that might cause some suburban women and maybe even some suburban men uh, to decide they can't have an anti-choice governor, even though they don't right. want to pay taxes, right. even though they, you know, they're actually rather conservative that they can't do this. Uh, I, I, genuinely think the U.S. Supreme Court reelected Tony Evers, our governor. And I think there's a decent chance that they've reelected Josh Call and uh, they may even have defeated Ron Johnson. I don't know that that's where we'll end up in November, but I think those are real possibilities. Well, I, 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 I hate to shift off of this, but I have to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the summer's miniseries? Because it seems like every every new hearing is more shocking and well-produced than the one before it for January 6th. But it still seems, John, that everyone's mind about Trump is made up. Donald Trump could eat a baby on live TV and it would change nobody's opinion of him at this point. Do you feel that these hearings are doing anything or, or, or do you, my concern is these hearings are just getting Ron DeSantis, the GOP nomination. And that's exactly yeah. what the GOP is doing. That's what Liz Cheney's doing. That's why it's all Republican witnesses. They are just solving their Donald problem in the House of McConnell. I think there's an element of that. Um, and but one one clarification, you know, anything about the Cheney's Liz Cheney's not doing anything to help Ron DeSantis, or help DeSantis. Liz Cheney in her when she goes to bed at night and drifts off in dreamland, she's the president. Uh, yeah, ha- yeah. have no doubt about that. The Cheney's, the Cheney's are about the Cheney's. 
Yeah, and, I was just um, explaining that earlier because you don't see Dick Cheney out there saying the things Liz Cheney's saying, but go on. Nope, nope, nope. And you won't see Liz Cheney saying the things Liz Cheney's saying. Um, if they get rid of Trump, you will see her right back yelling about socialism and picking oh, yeah. on Ilhan Omar yeah. Uh, yeah. because she is an incredibly right wing, uh, pretty vicious, hard, you know, and, hard yes. right player. But yep. um, she's right on democracy. You know, I mean, yeah, give her a due. And uh, and I think at some fundamental level, A, you're right. The hearings have been better than we ever expected. They're dramatic. They're powerful. Um, and it may indeed be true that what they end up doing is, you know, pushing Trump out of politics, but not really getting rid of Trumpism. Correct. And and that's a terrible thing. But at the end of the day, uh, if this is a country that can experience a coup and not respond to it, not do anything. That would be worse. So we have to do the hearings. They are necessary. They're powerful. One hopes that they will be steered ultimately, and I give Benny Thompson a lot of credit, um, that they will be steered toward where they need to be, which is not just accountability for Trump and those around him, uh, including some members of Congress, like Ron Johnson, uh, but also a a set of policy changes that uh, is where we're going to have some clarity on where we ought to go as a country as regards how we organize elections, how we how we do this stuff. So I think that the, that the hearings do matter. I will tell you one final thing. I was a week ago, a little over a week ago, I was out in Wyoming for a few days. Um, beautiful state, uh, not exactly beautiful politics. And uh, the fact is that unless I'm much worse at punditry than I thought, than I think I am, uh, Liz Cheney is going to lose pretty badly out there. I don't think they're going to they, those Republicans don't particularly like her very much. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so then we're we're in this interesting game where if whatever the committee does, unless they get to a conviction of Donald Trump, it's going to end up in this weird situation of Donald Trump maybe being weakened in the eyes of the overall majority of Americans, but strengthened in the eyes of Republicans, because beating Cheney will actually be a, a coup for him. But do you think, I mean, I, I think, John, when he sold the hotel in D.C., that was the clearest indication that he was done running for president. I don't know that. Um, there's talk that he may announce for the presidency sometime this summer. Um, look, it, he, he and people around him have given many indications that he's interested in, in doing this one more time. Now, the question is, is it his biggest grift ever? Right. Right. Is is he going to signal he's going to run for president? use it to kind of keep the lawyers at bay, raise a ton of money through 2023, and then say, oh, I guess I won't do it. I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, I, I, I think the guy is a, a massive grifter and that's within the realm of possibility. But um, his ego is so huge. I just don't think he's going to clear the way for Ron DeSantis or somebody yeah. like that. For a long yeah. time, he's going to oh. still be at that table. That's the de- I want to see Trump and DeSantis attack each other more than I want to see Trump oh. and Giuliani attack each other. And I've wanted to see Trump and Giuliani tear each other apart for ages. In, in and, our final- and then go ahead. And if we if we just could remember, Ted Cruz will be desperately screaming around the edges of it. You know, oh, it'll be it's like the be puppy great. around the table. If Trump runs against everyone who's been a loyal sycophant to him, yeah, for years, yeah, 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 and yeah, he yeah. just tears them apart from Tucker to Ted to 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 all of them on the debate stage, I'd love to see it. I'd love Can to see more of their obedience. In, 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 out of respect for Donald Trump, there's one thing he's good at. Like, he's certainly not good at, you know, like 
how he treats human beings. He's not good at running a business. He goes bankrupt all the time. He was an unimaginably horrible president. You know, I mean, all that stuff like that. There is one thing he is really good at. Husband. Oh, no. No, Sorry. No, not a good husband. No, no. no. Go ahead. And and there's some evidence the father thing didn't even work out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell you, he nails Republican primary debates. Yeah, he does. There's nobody, I've never seen anybody that good because he never, ever goes after one, uh, after a bunch of them. Every debate, it's one candidate that he has decided to crush in this debate. And I remember the, the most beautiful words I ever heard in a Republican debate were at, at a point where Scott Walker said something negative about Donald Trump and Donald Trump looked at him and he says, Oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> John, we got to run. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone read John at the nation and follow Nichols uprising on the socials. Please come back again soon. I can't wait to talk to you more about this madness. You made me feel better, sir. Thank you. Honor to be with you, brother. Be strong. Carry on. We'll be right back with your calls on progress. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We got to go to the phones. You guys have been waiting on hold for a very long time. Mary in Manhattan, thank you so much for hanging in there uh, and for your patience. Welcome. Oh, thank you. And thank you for taking my phone call. Um, I have a question and I take no joy in asking this question. I have enormous respect. I have enormous respect for President Biden. I voted for him. I cannot Mm -hmm. stand Donald Trump. You and I are fully aligned on that. Um, I'm very, as many, I'm sure you've received many similar calls. I'm extremely frustrated by the lack of fight that yeah. Joe Biden and Democratic leadership have, has had. So my question is, do you agree with me or not that Joe, and I take no joy in asking this question, but I'm curious, do you agree with me that Joe Biden should be primaried either by Gavin Newsom or Governor Pritzker or any uh, Democrat that actually can fight because I just don't see the fight from Joe Biden. And I take no joy in saying that. Thank you. I understand and I take no joy in discussing it. But uh, it's the sort of thing we have to talk about because, you know, Joe Biden's got millions and millions of people who want to root for him. He's got millions and millions of people who want to cheer him on right now. And he's got a, a record that he can run on. Strongest economic growth in almost 40 years. Thanks to the American Rescue Plan, making the deficit drop by more than a, a trillion dollars, the, the biggest ever one year decline. I mean, there's so much good that he's already done taking medical debt off our credit score calculations, rejoining the World Health Organization, rejoining Paris Climate Agreement, ending the Muslim travel ban and historic economic recovery. I, unemployment at three, but the, the fastest decline in unemployment ever. I could go off all day on all these positive things he's done. And yet you can see the same low approval ratings that I can see. And I I think that time and time again, you know, Americans of whatever political persuasion, they don't care about winning. They want to see someone fighting hard for what they believe in. And I think what we saw, regardless of what you think and I think, I think Gavin Newsom has already soft primaried Joe Biden with the ad he released this weekend. I think we saw the first Democrat... Sort of tell the White House, if you don't want to lead, we're ready to. And that's not to say that Biden hasn't led. I will defend his accomplishments all day long. But I understand your frustration. 
it, it's it's really really maddening, and I think a lot of it is um, a lot of us are frustrated at Merrick Garland, and we're taking it out on Joe Biden in many cases, and and even even this this, this disarray over what to do about the gas tax. This has been debated and debated and debated back and forth among the administration, and it's not going to do that much. I, I think we'd be willing to see things failed if we just constantly saw a White House that was fighting and trying everything they could, rather than seemingly playing it so safe. I agree with you 100 percent. And I I do think he does need to be primaried. I I don't think Biden can beat DeSantis. I just don't. And you're right about that. Yeah. And also Gavin Newsom, a a month or two ago, he gave a speech in front of a women's group. It may have been Planned Parenthood. I'm not 100 percent certain where he said, where are the Democrats in fighting? Where is my party? And uh, he's right about that. He's right. But one more thing about Biden versus DeSantis. Um, I think DeSantis could probably beat Biden. He's already got $100 million in the bank, and he's not going to use much of that this year. He's going to save it for a presidential run. But we have to also remember one thing. As scary as it might seem, and as much momentum as there is behind DeSantis, DeSantis is an incredible mediocrity who is a terrible public speaker, and he only looks brilliant because people are comparing him to Donald Trump. He barely, barely won his state. And he could lose his state this year because uh, there's a lot of people who, quite frankly, consume more than Fox and don't like what he's doing in Florida. But I, I think either way, right. <laughs> I think either way, I think I think, you know, like rather than Democrats constantly being this what this John Kerry Al Gore punching bag we're also used to. It was really refreshing to see Gavin Newsom take the fight to them. Yes, I agree. Thank Let's you. for your time. Happens. Thank you. I, I share I share both sides of your awkwardness. We're at eight six six nine nine seven grit. Marsha in California. Thanks for your patience on hold. Oh, thank you so much, John. So I, I wanted to say something about um, the gun loving people. Um, Please, if we could send them a little compassion. If you if you love guns more than you love your children, you can't allow yourself to love your children or your wife because every time they leave the house, they might not come back or come back in a pine box or a body bag. So how do you, you have to suppress that feeling of love that otherwise you might have. So I, I feel so bad for them. They don't have love in their lives. All they have is, is the, is the illusion of power. Well, they have entertainment, right? And I mean, a gun can be a very powerful source of entertainment. A gun can be a very powerful source of dopamine squirting through the brain. Guns are awesome. Guns are fun. Guns are, you know, great toys to play with, and they make people feel very, very special. And I understand how addictive and seductive that sort of rush can be. But I think you're right. I mean, are, you, are, are these people okay with the 18-year-old in Buffalo getting an AR-15? Are they okay with the 18-year-old in Uvalde? Are they okay with this 22-year-old having access to this kind of weaponry? It's not the guns that's the problem. It's the easy access to the guns that's the problem. And, you know, if the, there are people in this country who really do think it's important that unstable men in their late teens and early 20s have access to mass kill machines. I don't. My patriotism is different. My patriotism is that I want the gun nuts families to live a long, long time and be very disappointed for many decades over their gun nut loved ones. Yeah, you know, I I'm okay with getting rid of all the assault weapons 
And I, I have to admit, I'm okay with getting rid of pistols. Pistols are so often used in suicide. You know, and guns are used much more often, yes. And by the way, we look at these gun deaths, and we have to acknowledge that, yeah, a lot of this is suicide. But, you know, at the same time... Um, you know, in terms of the mass shootings, that's what we're talking about. Pistols aren't used in those, and that's sort of what gets all the headlines. Right. But, you know, how do you criminalize suicide? I don't know if I have an issue with someone uh, necessarily in all cases um, taking that route. Oh, that's. I mean, it's terrible. That is so sad. Well, it's terrible, but at the same time. Look, I'll be the first to say that physical pain affects one's emotional judgment and that maybe, you know, if you are in pain, you can't make a valid judgment about ending your own life. But and I'm not the hugest fan of Dr. Jack Kevorkian, but I do think that we are remiss if we say that all the gun deaths come from violence when a lot of those deaths are just people who have made the choice for whatever reason to take their own life. I don't agree with it. I'm anti-suicide, but I also know we can't group uh, murders in with people taking their own lives. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it's 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 emotional turmoil and and pain. It's horrible. That it's horrible. And anger. Yeah, I agree. And I and I'm and, well, and I'm someone who's lost people I really love to suicide, and I'm very torn oh. by it because on the one hand, yeah. Some people, you know, some people just believe in their heart. It's their time to go. Some people are in pain. Some people are dying and they want to do it on their own terms. If if you know that your days are limited and you want to do it on your own terms, who am I to tell you what to do with your life? I don't, I don't know the answer to this question. And I'm willing to be convinced one way or another. But I think in the meantime, you know, civilians have no business having access to mass kill machines, a, a gun that can kill more than a dozen people in less than 60 seconds. I don't think civilians have need for that. And I, I, I don't think you're going to get rid of handguns, but we have in our lifetime seen these weapons banned from civilian purchase. And I think we need to fight towards getting back there. Yeah. I that, just, I just don't know how you're going to ban handguns. I don't see how it's going to happen. It, on, a, on a slightly lighter note, um, when you talked about the addiction to guns, I thought, also of the addiction to sugar. It sounds like the same thing. Yeah. You know, the dopamine rush. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I they're, they're, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's I fun, right? Sugar. <laughs> it's pleasure. Well, I don't either, but you got to cut down on that, too. Uh, then I have friends <laughs> yeah. who say, well, you know, it's the amount of leaded gun ranges that rewires people's brains and lead makes us crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's why violent crime has gone down in 50 years since we got the lead out of our gasoline. I mean, we don't even understand the science of how our brains interact with this stuff yet. For me, it's just if you can prevent the murder of Americans, you should. And I have never met a 23-year-old guy that was so stable it would make me think all 23-year-old guys should have access to military weaponry. Yep. Well, thank you for, um, for, you know, talking about it. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you for caring. Thank you. I mean, yeah, well, look, yeah. this is going to continue. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but until every Republican in government knows someone who's been killed by a gun, we're not going to see anything change because they just don't have the empathy. We have to keep on making noise and standing on the side of life. So thank you very much. By the way, by the way, right wingers. Yeah, I said that because liberals are the pro-life people. Y'all who want to put women in jail. Y'all who want to force a 10-year-old girl to bear her rapist baby? Yeah, you can call yourself a lot of things. Patriots? Christian? Pro-life? No. We're going to call you out. You don't get to use those terms. We love you. 
We're going to call you out for bullshit. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. Taking your calls all evening long after a weekend when, again, it's all connected. When you can see a young man outside of Chicago who is heavily armed, murdering seven people at a 4th of July parade and shooting 40 more, being taken alive, and he's white. And this same weekend, we see another young man, you know the story, pulled over for a traffic stop, runs from the cops, flees on foot, running away from the police, completely unarmed. 90 bullets are discharged by the cops. 60 bullets enter his body. He's dead and he's black. This in the same time when a 10-year-old girl who is pregnant via rape in Ohio was told by Ohio that she cannot have an abortion there and her family had to bring her into Indiana to get the procedure done. It's a scary time. It's a crazy time. Just remember something. It's all connected. And there's more of us than there are of them. Bill in New Jersey, thanks for your patience on hold. Hey, John, how you doing? Very good. How are you? I'm regular. Thank you. Okay. Glad to hear that. Um, yeah. Uh, did, you, did you tell your kid how funny it's going to be one day when he has to change your diapers? No, I have not told him that, but I'm, I'm looking for the right time. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a funny thing. Um, but but uh, I agree about Biden. He's sort of dried up. I mean, the only two reasons I knew who he ran uh, was because his son told him to and because of uh, Trump. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Biden's dry. I'm not saying Biden's dried up. Biden has, still has the chance to do a lot of good, and Biden can do a lot uh, of bold actions, and Biden can still really make his mark. He is by no means finished, and uh, it's disturbing that so many people think he is. Well, you're right, but what the hell is going to get a, a, a spark started underneath this party and people? I mean, it's just one dreary day after another, and. He works real hard, but he's just, it doesn't seem like he's putting enough into it. And with, you know, Mer Merrick Garland and all that, that crew, it just sounds just tired. I think that um, Newsom is like a Kennedy type. Cause, and I grew up, I'm, you know, I was born in 53. And yeah. a lot of people uh, voted for him just because of the way he looked and just the way he carried himself. Never mind, you know, whatever. And uh, he's got that thing going on. And uh, Biden, I, I just, I'd love for him to surge ahead, but we've got to take the rest of the Congress. And we've got to deal with the judiciary. We've got a giant list that starts with Citizens United and ends with Citizens United. All that crap with the lobbyists and everything, that's all Citizens United. The controlling, the paying off of senators, the, the control of uh, congressmen is all due to lobbyists. And you're, somebody mentioned before, there's like thousands of them now. But yeah. uh, um, I, I think, I, I, oh, and I, you know, I saw the, uh, uh, an interview with McConnell about passing that sort of okay uh, gun bill. Yeah. And the only thing only thing he talked about was he did it because he wants to get the vote in the suburbs. He didn't talk about the morality of it or or the what's intended no, of course for not. anything. No. He could and by the way, Mitch McConnell couldn't fake 
talking about the morality of something if he wanted to. One of the few um, respectable things about Mitch McConnell is that he's incapable of pretending to be a good person. You know how Ted Cruz always pretends that somehow he has a moral center. Ted Cruz pretends that somehow he's going to have the soft tone in his voice that makes mouth breathers drooling on the clicker believe that my wife Heidi, who I can't stand and I send our thoughts and prayers fervently. Mitch McConnell can't even pretend to care about the American people. Mm -hmm. And he's got 18% rating in his own home state. They hate him. And they keep sending him back because he has just concentrated evil in an effective, albeit unsightly package. Right. Uh, and uh, someone was talking about moving to Canada. You know, uh, I'm from that old era. And it never made sense then during the Vietnam War. I, I was lucky. Uh, the last two years I didn't get drafted. But uh, um, the idea of going to Canada was like going to America. Now, going to Canada now, it's like going to America in my youth, in the 60s, where there was more socialism and there was more morality and everything. So I would move up there. I mean, I don't even understand them, you know, how they share a continent with us. And I know, right? It's just yeah. crazy. Uh, you I, know, I, I, I'm so I, proud. I'm so proud, by the way, to, to, to share a border with a country like Canada that would close the border to us during COVID. You know, it just it makes me proud as an America, as an American, makes me proud to have a neighbor that would keep us out. Like they have such high standards as our neighbor that it makes me feel good. Well, they are us later. Unfortunately, we're past. But I think we're behind Kazakhstan now in terms of <laughs> uh, places to live. That's the way it is. But, yeah, I feel like a caveman up there. I wouldn't know how to behave. Not at all. I think you would find a lot of like-minded, sane people in Canada. Well, I hitchhiked through there in the 70s with a friend of mine. He he, uh, hops freight cars, and I I just hitched with him in cars and stuff. We went halfway across Canada. You know, and... Yeah, it was a really fun trip, and a lot of stuff happened, and I got caught the, uh, at the borders, and I was strip searched and all kinds of crap. But uh, uh, it was fun, you know, and and that, that time, it, it, you could do that kind of stuff. There was probably just as much rape and murder as there is now, but, you know, the idea, my parents didn't care. I hitchhiked cross-country or anything like that, and it was legal in Canada. Wow. But, uh, it, it, now it's just like being in North Korea or something. I don't know. It's, you know. <laughs> it's not, no, so it's not. It's nothing people. like that. Listen, we're bad, but we're not as bad as North Korea. Yeah, you're right. I was just comparing it to, you know, God or something. Anyway, uh, but, but, but yeah, and, that, and I wish it was going to be that way again. And we've got a chance, but we have to get through this giant list of crap, starting with Citizens United. Yeah, and, I uh, agree with you. I mean, I mean, and, you want to uh, look at what is what is the what is the square root of all these problems? It is big money in politics. That's it. It is privately funded elections. And that's the square root of our poverty, of our gun problems, of our ongoing drug war. You get big money out of our politics and then you can finally actually begin to see us behaving like a functioning right. democracy. It could happen. Right. Well, well, yeah, well, I hope Graham gets out of con- gets thrown out of Congress. Maybe we'll have a little edge for a while in the Senate. You're more optimistic than me. Lindsey Graham, what would happen if he got thrown out? He'd be replaced by another South Carolinian, every bit as awful, but a bit less pathetic than him. Ah, uh, but there would be like a two or three month gap to pass everything. I don't know. I'm just Look, I- I'm ready to say if they want to have like two states secede, two to four states, we'll, we'll let go. That's great. Go ahead. Let, mm-hmm. let two states secede for their little libertarian, whiteopia fantasy country. 
let's by all mm. means put it on cable. Let's let's put it on pay-per-view. Let, let's raise money off of it to pay their foreign aid because they're going to need it. Uh, and let's let Guam or D.C. or Virgin Islands or Puerto Rico become states. Keep the same numbers of stars on our flag. And then we won't care what Mansion and Cinema do anymore. In fact, let's let four red states go and they'll show us how it's done uh, with their own military, with no taxes, with no regulations, with all the drugs and all the guns you want. Let's please, let's do their libertarian and dream society and ours side by side so people can compare results i'd love to see it happen right right i'm ready and, for that i don't i don't want full secession but if, if four two to four states wanted to go i'd be willing to do that just for the scientific experiment right and john calhoun you mentioned before and john adams are two biggest assholes on the, oh, you know, oh. that side of the century John Calhoun especially, yeah, but that whole thing was just about they're the vice presidents who cast the most tie-breaking votes of anyone in history, and they think Kamala Harris will pass them. But again, it's not really a great Mm -hmm. thing to brag about because it's a sign of, you know, how divided we are. Right. And by the way, well, we're not divi- we're we're not divided. Just our politics are. The overwhelming majority of us, we want gun safety. We want to tax the rich more. We want to decriminalize weed. The majority of us want women to be able to make the choice they want to make about pregnancy. The majority of us are not represented. Yeah, I mean when you're offering rights, it's sort of hard to turn down, don't you think? Oh. Oh. We'll see. Bill, thank you very much for the call. 